I went through so many moments of doubt. Like, is this? What am I doing? Like, what am I? Where is this going? Am I really doing something useful here? It's entertaining, but is it useful? You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And in episode 277, Trev sits down for part one of his conversation with Anna Carolina Valverde and Brian Rupenkamp, otherwise known as Those Annoying Vegans, to chat about building a platform and a post-acting life. In part one today... The journey to L.A., from grad school and talent conventions through to industry scams, personal epiphanies, and fusing passion, skill set, and technology. Episode 277 of Inside Acting. Stay with us. So here's a great way to master the studio and performance techniques you need to work on camera and to do better self-tapes. It's called Camera Ready You, and it's been created by VO2GoGo's David H. Lawrence the 17th. You guys know him very well. He's a seasoned TV and film actor and will share all the knowledge that he's gained working on camera in this class. Auditioning and working on camera can be deceptively hard, but David's put together a special report called The Top 5 Mistakes People Make on Camera and How to Fix Them. It's absolutely free, and to get it, all you have to do is text on camera, that's all one word, O-N-C-A-M-E-R-A, to the number 44222 on any smartphone or messaging device. Now, you've probably got unlimited text messaging on your phone, but standard messaging rates may apply. So what are you going to learn in this class? Well, you'll learn how to set up your studio, your lights, your camera, your mic, how to self-tape on-camera auditions, how to master business presentations, video podcasts, online instructions and lessons, how to do marketing videos, walk the red carpet, and a whole lot more. Basically, You're going to learn how to shine on camera. And speaking of cameras, if you don't know which camera to use or you don't know which lavalier or boom mic to buy or you don't know what to do with your hands or what to do with your eyes or what all of that's communicating, no worries. Camera Ready You is going to cover all of that. You can become a better on-camera actor and auditioner with Camera Ready You. Again, don't forget to get that top Five Mistakes People Make on Camera and How to Fix Them Report for free and get on the list. On your smartphone, just text ON CAMERA to 44222. That's all one word, ON CAMERA to 44222 and get ready for Camera Ready You. All right, all right, all right. You Good still, morning, Trevor. You still got your morning voice, huh, man? I I haven't spoken. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. You, you know, doesn't matter. Drink water, tea. Well, tea helps actually. Tea will help even if you don't speak. But I just haven't spoken. So that's gonna say that's the great thing about working in audio is that late nights or early mornings usually bode well for your voice. You got that nice radio quality to your voice. Yeah, I remember. I remember when I booked that. Uh, 
that's Scott Trade VO and and one of the actors from from Heather's. Actually, the only Tony Award winning actor in Heather's was like, quoting in the morning. He's like, yeah. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. He's like, just you know, wake up, drink some water, maybe some tea, you know, talk a little bit. But it like it, it's actually better because you get that nice you know gravelly morning voice going on. Yeah, if that's what you're going for, absolutely. I mean, there just to play devil's advocate a little bit, there are a lot of times when that doesn't serve. Um, but if that's what you're going for, that's that's fantastic and it's a great sort of hack <laughs> for your voiceover <laughs> stuff. Just, just record in the morning. Stay up late, don't sleep and don't talk when you get up. So we have a few events and a few kind of mentions. Uh, last time we'll talk about this because by the next time you guys listen to this podcast, uh, it will have passed. But the It'll gospel, be over. <laughs> what's that? It'll be over. Yeah, the gospel according to First Squad reading uh, is happening on Saturday, May twenty seventh. So as of this recording, as of this episode going live, this is just a few days away, and it's at the Kirk Douglas Theater at six thirty p.m. The doors open at six, and what it is is a reading of an awesome play that AJ and I have both had the the pleasure and honor of helping to develop, working on, and appearing in. It got some nice press and awards and nominations and recognition and things uh, when it was actually running. So we're stoked about this. And a lot of the original actors are going to return, and there's also going to be some new faces. It's going to be recorded in front of a live audience, hopefully you guys. And uh, it's going to be a lot of industry people there, and it... Maybe the last acting I do for a while. You never know. But as you guys know, it's not totally my focus these days. So there will be a light reception afterwards with some drinks and refreshments and things like that. And it's only seven bucks for non-members. And if you are a member, it is free free for you to come to. So log into the membership and look for the first squad reading thread. It's in the it's under the events and um, industry events section. Uh, and I pinned it to the top. So it's called first squad reading. And in that post, there's everything you need to know about reserving your tickets and, uh, making sure you get on a list to come to the first squad reading on Saturday, May 27th at six 30. Really, really hope to see you guys there. I I'm so excited. I started rereading it, uh, earlier this week just to get back into the world of it. And, Oh man, I miss doing that show. I'll tell you what. You got to brush up on your posh too, don't you? Yes. Yes. Now, <laughs> well, I wanted to, I wanted to read through it first and like get that, you know, aspect out of the way. And then, um, yeah, I have to go back to my old, um, my old recordings of, uh, of the interpreter that we hired and, 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 and go through them. Yeah. So a little bit extra work for me, uh, than the rest of the cast. No one else. Well, except for maybe John who also speaks posh too. And I catch up with him and see, uh, see how he's doing with that cool man so stoked so stoked so we've also got um a couple highlights from the membership so longtime listener and supporter of the show Catherine grant study uh is looking for feedback on her awesome short film this is the iago monologue that she's been working on for a while and uh, it's been really cool to follow her journey and see you know what hurdles she's had to jump in getting this thing shot and edited and produced and, and done well and yeah it's really well done she posted it um just a couple weeks ago and uh, just looking for some people to jump in there and, and give her some feedback before she makes her final cut, I think. Um, so cool. And uh, it's, wow, it's really intense. And she did a fantastic job. It's also just like the production value on it is fantastic. It, you know, she does this really great um, introduction, you know, with just a few edits of some, you know, news footage and some other things. It, it, it makes it feel, uh, it, you know, she puts this short film on a grander scale. 
than what it may have been. And that's so important. Yeah. So, uh, so get in there, jump in the membership. Uh, let's give, uh, let's give KGS some, some feedback on, on her, um, on our video. Awesome. And then we also have, uh, we're kicking off the next book in the IAP book club. And in the vein of the artist's way, we are doing a book called the prosperous heart by Julia Cameron. And this is the, this Julia Cameron also wrote the artist's way. And, uh, I've done it twice now, the, the artist's way, and it's been extremely powerful and life changing for me, especially lately. The prosperous heart, from what I understand, is kind of like the artist's way, but more uh, angled towards like the financial aspect of things. Do, do you know much? I, I don't I have to admit, I don't know much about this book. Do you, AJ? I, th- I think that was a pretty great, you know, one line summary of it. I think that's I think you're you're based on I because I, I haven't done it either. But based on what I've heard and what I've read um, from Julia Cameron herself, because she puts like little summaries of her other books or maybe it's her publisher <laughs> that does this, puts little summaries of her other books into um, the artist way. I think that's it. I think it's about living an abundant life, even I say even as an artist. So it, it just goes to show the, um, the sort of bias that even we as artists have. It's like this belief that it has to be um, – we have to sort of suffer financially in order to do this work, you know, and she does talk about that in the artist way. But I think that you're right. This whole this book is all about that. It's all focused on that aspect of it. I'm stoked. I, I really think Julia Cameron knows her stuff. And um, every time I go back and reread some of those essays or I, I just get a whole new level of wisdom from them. And um, I, I'm really excited about this and a, a huge sort of, you know, high five and props and hat tip to Grace Gordon for heading this up. She has a podcast called the book John podcast. We'll link to that in the show notes. And she also is our director of public relations. So she's handling our Twitter and our Instagram and just crushing it. And uh, also just doing such awesome work inside the membership with these book clubs. I mean, anybody who participated in the artist's way, uh, book club inside the membership knows how much love and time and attention and energy and guidance she poured into that. So I feel very honored that we get to do this all over again with something that is a soft spot for a lot of artists, which is uh, abundance, financial abundance and feeling abundant and creating without abandon, you know? keep an eye out for that. We'll have a link to that book to purchase that on Amazon on our website. And if you guys use the link on our website, we'll get a few pennies. Uh, no pressure, no, 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 um, need to do it that way, but it's a nice way to support the show. So, um, head over to the the show notes for, uh, the link to the book so you can get it in time and, and join us. Uh, and then the last thing is, um, we're doing this thing, speaking of grace and our social media, uh, called working Wednesday on Twitter. It's hashtag working Wednesday. And if you just send us a photo of what you're working on this week on Wednesday and tag it with working Wednesday, we'll be sure to retweet it. And just, you know, it's all part of that building a community thing. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is also brought to you in part by Bluehost, the web's number one complete web hosting solution, starting at just $3.95 per month. Bluehost proudly powers over 2 million websites worldwide, including Inside Acting, and offers free site builders, one-click WordPress installation, 24-7 support, automatic site backups, industry-leading security, 
and a money-back guarantee. If you've been looking to set up a website of your very own, Bluehost is the way to go. Visit insideacting.net slash blue to sign up today and even get a free domain. That's insideacting.net slash blue. And uh, just for fun, we're also going to post a link to a tutorial about how to get your blog started uh, in five minutes or less. Your WordPress blog set up, installed, running uh, with Bluehost. We'll set we'll link to that in the uh, show notes. So if if you're intrigued by this, but you're just intimidated by the technology part, it's not too difficult. And this tutorial will walk you through everything you need to know about getting started. So check uh, the show notes in this episode for the link to that tutorial. All right. Well, here is part one of my chat with Ana Carolina Valverde and Brian Rupenkamp, otherwise known as those annoying vegans. Uh, and I, you know, I'm obviously biased uh, in, in, in favor of their message. Uh, but really, this is about fusing your passion, your skill set, and the technology that's available to build a platform for yourself, to give yourself a, a, a voice, to make an impact and a difference in the world, to have a vision and work towards that vision of the world using what you've got available to you. That's what this interview is about, and I'm really excited to share part one with you right now. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the other side. This is Trev, and I'm really, really excited to be sitting down with two friends and people that I've been following online for the better part of a year now because they're just doing such great stuff. And they are Brian Rupenkamp and Ana Carolina Valverde. Welcome, yeah. and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thanks thank you. for having us, Trevor. So I've known, uh, Brian, I've known you sort of peripherally. We've known each other sort of peripherally for several years. Um, we've both sort of wandered in and out of the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble. Uh, and Anna, I just had the pleasure of meeting you about a, mm, almost a year ago now. And um, I know that both of you used to be very acting-centric, act, acting-focused. And you've now moved on maybe not moved away, but moved on to a, a new sort of chapter where you're building a platform in a life that seems to be to be not so focused on acting these days. Would that be an accurate description? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to talk about this because as people who listen to the show know, I, I also have sort of been exploring non-acting related futures and uh, I'm I just love what you guys are doing with your YouTube channel, with your Instagram and your Twitter feeds, and you've even got some merchandise going now. And you you've done such a wonderful job building this platform. But you also pursue music and you sing and you do voiceover. So there's a lot for us to chat about. But before we jump into all of this, uh, I do want to talk about sort of where you guys grew up and and what it was that brought you to LA ultimately to pursue a career. Uh, in the entertainment industry to to begin with. So, Brian, why don't we start with you? Where did you grow up and, and why L.A. and acting originally? Yeah, well, um, I grew up in 
Morgantown, West Virginia. It's a very small town, although it's getting bigger now, I suppose. It is a college town. It's where West Virginia University is. I didn't really start acting until 10th grade. I remember I was like 15, 16, and I did a play in high school, and I actually won an award for it. We had like a a play competition in our high school, like juniors versus seniors versus sophomores and stuff like that. That's when I guess I caught the acting bug and decided that I wanted to like pursue it uh, at college. And I stayed at WVU. I got a bachelor's in theater. And then basically the decision was, well, do I want to go to New York or do I want to go to L.A.? Um, as most actors tend to decide. If they're not like literally an hour drive from one of those cities, it's kind of like, well, pick one. I had always loved film and movie making. And I, I still to this day, I mean, I'm, I'm an insane movie buff. I love movies and I wanted to make them. And I figured, well, may as well go to L.A., right? That's where they make all the movies. <laughs> so um, instead of just getting in my car and driving there, I had to have a plan because that's that's the type of person that I that I am. So I applied to a bunch of Southern California grad schools and I got accepted to UCLA and went to their grad program. Wow. So you've had, you've got a graduate degree, uh, or a, a master's degree even then, I guess you could say in, in acting. I do. I have a master's in acting. Awesome. Uh, I, I want to just switch over to Anna real quickly and just get, um, your background. Cause I, I don't think you are originally from the U S is that correct? Uh huh. I am not. I am. Uh, I was born in San Jose, Costa Rica. Uh, that's in Central America between Nicaragua and Panama. I lived there till I was about 11 and a half, 12 years old, and then moved to Boston, Massachusetts, Brookline, to be more specific, uh, with my mom and my sister. I have to say I got into acting pretty late in life. I didn't start acting till I graduated college. I actually went to school for journalism and sociology. I, I found a Craigslist ad, out of all things, uh, for this casting call for an agency somewhere in in Worcester, Massachusetts. My mom was actually the one who encouraged me to go. After I graduated college, I decided to uh, not go into the journalism field. It sort of didn't appeal to me very much in the end. So I started working as a Spanish translator from home, a freelancer. Um, but I went to this audition and I got into the agency, uh, which frankly turned out to be a bit of a scam. But in the process, uh, they had this other casting call, uh, the, the ICCAs in New York City, which was like a week-long competition uh, in all fields of acting and modeling. And 20 of us got selected. We went. We Yeah, I won a bunch of awards and everything from TV hosting to modeling to sitcom. And then I thought, huh, uh, okay, I guess I could do this. At the end of the week, we had callbacks with all these agents and managers, most of them based out of L.A. Three months later, that was in July, August, July. In December, I was already moved out. Uh, so kind of on a whim. And I also had the, uh, I made my pros and cons list, like L.A., New York. Uh, <laughs> and I think what ultimately made the decision for me was which one was I the most afraid of? L.A. was the farthest. And I went with L.A. So I've been here since 2009. Wow. Right on. So two two pieces of, of that story that I want to kind of just focus in on. Well, they were, it was the ICCCAs or what was that? IMTA. Oh my gosh, I said ICCA. That's acapella. <laughs> That's a completely different okay. thing. It's the IMTA. 
Yeah, the IMTA stands for International Modeling and Talent Association. And then you said there was a, a scam that you kind of just had fallen into. Can you elaborate on that? Because I guarantee you this, a few of our listeners have been through the same thing. Yeah. That's your usual, you know, uh, you get signed up with the agency. And then I remember one of the first things they did was um, they were really adamant about us going with this certain headshot photographer Mm, and uh, got my headshots done. Not a single, didn't get a single audition, not a single one. I actually, we got notified of that casting call for the IMTA um, separately. Yeah. Sort of akin to the, uh, yeah, I'll be your manager. Just give me $500 up front. Yeah. And And then, (laughs) no, never do that. And still we had to pay for the IMTAs. We didn't go for free. Oh no, we had to pay for it to go. But the, the deal was you got exposure. That's a really common thing, too, that sort of kickback deal that a lot of uh, fraudulent agencies have with photographers. And they just mm-hmm. bilk these young hopefuls for, you know, several hundred dollars for photos and then just throw them in a drawer somewhere. You're saying people in L.A. take advantage of young hopefuls? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> so let's fast forward through some of that, that journey to the moment where you started to realize Maybe there's something more for me. Maybe my future isn't uh, working full time in television, film and on stage. Brian, what was that that moment like for you? If there was a moment or was it a sort of more gradual realization? Because I know you're also a musician. And so that's sort of um, a, a shared passion. I think what it came down to was creative control or the creation of content, because I got out of grad school And I spent a couple months just living off of my student loans and auditioning every day. Um, Had an agent was going out for only commercials. Um, I was not SAG. I'm still not SAG. Um, And so there was this weird catch 22 of like, well, we'd love to send you out for TV, but you have to be SAG. Well, how do I get SAG? Well, if you get cast in a TV show, then they can Taft Hartley you into SAG, but they're not going to send you out for SAG until you're SAG. So it was this thing where I just kept doing commercials in hopes of either Taft Hartleying or, or doing background work to try to get the vouchers. And I just found myself, I wasn't really enjoying the process of commercials. I booked a few, but it, after a while, it just, it really got it really started to grind me, like having to, you know, drive all the way to Santa Monica to make the call back. And you don't know if you're going to get it until the last minute. And then people are calling you at like 10 p.m. the night before telling you to be somewhere else. And that, that, you, know, you know how it goes. I was like, wait a minute, this isn't really making me that much money. And it's not making me happy. <laughs> if I can quote uh, Adam Carolla, if it doesn't make you happy, it doesn't make you money, then then why do it? And I really love stories. Like I love scripts. I love characters. Um, I love plays. I love movies. I really wanted to do that. And I found myself that I wasn't doing that. And with music, I was playing music at the same time. I found that with music, I was in creative control. I was, I was a part of the songwriting. I was a part of the performance. I was a part of the input and, and the, the content creation. And that really spoke to me. Um, and so I, I think I steered towards music pretty heavily there, um, after acting. And then with our YouTube channel, I feel the exact same way, even, you know, times a thousand, because we now get to create content. You know, we get to, we, we get to be our own producers, our own editors. Um, we get to be on camera. We, we, 
we quote unquote write it, I guess. We don't, yeah. you know, we're, we're really in control. You're the showrunners. We're the showrunners. Yeah. And I really like that um, about yeah. the art form. I, 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 I love it. Hmm. Is acting still in the mix for you or is it just sort of on hold for now or are you just done with it? I'm not done with it. Um, actually, Anna and I auditioned for a play together <laughs> uh, just a couple last of weeks ago. Yeah, a little while ago. If there's a character, if there's a script, if there's a story to be told, I I want to be involved. Like I like it. I think I more just stopped going out on commercials and am sort of in this limbo. Like I'm not SAG, don't have an agent, don't have a manager, but I really love the craft still. Hmm. But um, have since you know found a way to take my love of the creation part of it and steer it towards something that I have a great love for. Right on. And this is not your first foray into um, online content, because if I'm not mistaken, you also have either an Instagram account or a YouTube channel where you do kind of like off the cuff movie reviews. Yes. (laughs) Is that still happening? (laughs) Um, that one has slowed down because our vegans YouTube has picked up so much mm-hmm. that it's kind of become, uh, a lot of work to, to do both. Right. Um, there are still some, I, I really like the long form. Uh, that, that was also something that the feeling that I got that was like, okay, every week a new movie comes out and I got to put up a new review every week. And that, that, that pressure was sort of like, wait, why did I get in this to begin with? Well, I got into it because I love movies and I love talking about movies and I love nitpicking movies. And, you know, so I I still like to do the long form stuff and I, I still have some videos in mind, but our, those annoying vegans page just picked up so rapidly that that has become our focus. And Anna, uh, you, what was your, your moment like when you sort of realized, I want to shift my energies a little bit away from acting more towards other things? Yeah. You know, I've had several moments of transition since I got to LA. I mean, I got here and I started, I I went right into doing background work. I, I worked as a background artist for, uh, I want to say six or so years. Uh, I just stopped doing it maybe a couple of years ago. But during that process, I, I also got an agent, uh, got rid of the agent, got a new agent. Uh, then I realized, wow, I, I kind of like voiceover. So I went into voiceover. Uh, I was still doing commercial auditions. So I think my focus has been more on commercial and voiceover than the acting, which is kind of opposite to Brian's experience. Uh, Although I still love doing plays and have done several plays. You know, when I came to L.A., I wasn't really I I was more focused on the craft, not the the fame. It's sort of like the uh, the being a TV personality was a little off putting to me for some reason. Uh, I kind of just like the art of it. So voiceover allows me to be, you know, sort of behind the scenes a little bit and it's still very creative so I've I'm still doing that to this day um and yeah I think I mean in discovering this new passion because I always wondered you know I went through so many moments of doubt like is this what am I doing like what am I where is this going am I really doing something useful here it's entertaining but is it useful um with the acting you mean yeah with the acting uh, it almost felt maybe a little selfish because it was entertaining for me. Um, mm. But so when Brian and I sort of had this conversation, um, I, mean, I don't really remember quite how it went, but it was something like, yeah, we should just do this. 
<laughs> and and we were like, well, how do we? Well, we just got all our uh, our lights on Amazon and we shot it. Yeah. And I remember the first time we we shot our first episode, I was like, I, I watched it and I was like, yeah. this this isn't right. Look, we, yeah. we're so drab. We need to be energetic. We need to, you know, we were watching these other channels and everyone's like, you know, a personality. And we're like, yeah. let's put our, let's actually apply our acting to this and, <laughs> and be more out there. So we, we taped it. And then our yeah, first, we reshot the we, whole first episode. Yeah. And then we mm. put it up and, and sort of, uh, it's been a steady uphill climb. Stair stepping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since then. That's so cool. You know, I, I can really relate to, to what you said also about like, is, is what I'm doing making a difference? The sort of selfish feeling. I, I, I have that thought a lot, especially when I'm doing voiceover work and, the, the big elephant in the room here is that you guys are vegan. I'm vegan. We feel very strongly about this lifestyle. Uh, we're certainly not trying to push it on anybody, but longtime listeners know that uh, I, I don't mince words when it comes to what I feel the future is and what I feel the path is for world peace, to be completely <laughs> honest about it. I, I do want to get a sort of shortened version of how you guys met, because I know at the beginning, I think, Anna, you were pescatarian, and Brian, you were full-on, like, uh, I don't blown, care, give me the cow. carnist, man. Yeah, carnist, <laughs> there it is. steak and chicken wings and uh, all that stuff, yeah. yeah so just, just as, a, as a preface to starting the channel, having the idea to start the channel, what, what was that that uh, conversion, if you, if you, <laughs> if you could? Uh, what was that like? I went... I stopped eating meat in 2010, shortly after I got to LA, actually. Uh, I I had watched, um, it was a very, very strange uh, way that I got introduced to it. We can go into it later if you'd like, but to fast forward, stopped eating meat. I was still eating eggs, dairy, uh, or eggs, cheese, and fish. When I met Brian, we met at a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we met at a friend's wedding. It was at a cabin in the woods in California, and we were both groom's people. We were both in the groom's party, just sort of connected over uh, our our mutual awe over the way that the universe works. Yeah, mm. that's magical. <laughs> and then I, I think there was, because I, I know you guys sort of spoke about this on a recent YouTube video you did. You did a Q&A video recently that I really loved watching. Um, but there was a moment where I think, Brian, you were like, this isn't going to work. Or maybe it was you, Anna, that said it. But but I think that the diet thing sort of entered into that. Did, did it not? It did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I, I guess I had seen other couples fight over similar things. For whatever reason, I look back on on that version of me and 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 hate it. Don't like it. <laughs> I don't like that that part of our story. But it actually affirms why my relationship with Anna was so important because I knew what a, a serious relationship should entail. And what it shouldn't entail is this woman who believes that eating animals is wrong, and I'm going to continue to do to do so, like right in front of her all the yeah, time. Yeah. And we're going to be together somehow. Yeah. Like I know couples do it. There are couples that do that. I didn't want to do that. And, uh, you know, that I think allowed me an out to say, well, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not ready for this. And and, yeah, and, and, I, same, and I wasn't. I mean, and I didn't really, you know, pursue him with the idea of converting him or this is, you know, he's he's going to go vegan. I, I know, mm-hmm. you know, like I sort of let it go. And because, I, you know, Brian's very open minded. He's very he's of a very logical uh, way of thinking. And it almost felt like he might naturally fall into it. 
I wasn't sure. It, it's because it has before. It tends to happen that way when, you know, when you get close to someone, you lead by example and then they start to see those benefits and they they want to emulate them. So to just to briefly get into a little bit of the specifics around you guys aligning your values, uh, what was the catalyst Brian, for you to say, you know what? I agree with you, Anna. It's not it's not okay to to continue my dietary choices the way I I have been. It was a it was I mean, it was merely a a matter of deciding what is more important to me. Is this woman more important to me or is eating dead pigs and dead cows and dead chickens more important to me? (laughs) Um, And it's not like I wanted to be with her that means stop eating meat. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of people maybe have their eyes opened while they're carnists and then they go vegan. Whereas I think I, or we went vegetarian first, but I I quit eating meat and then my eyes became open. Mm -hmm. It was sort of, I guess it was sort of a backwards path to take. Hmm. I actually remember my old roommate and fellow classmate, fellow actor, David Hardy, um, once telling me like, you should embrace this. Like you should embrace this vegetarian diet. You, you never know what you, Aww. you know, he works at restaurants and he's like, you never know what kind of foods, you know, you, you might like or not like or whatever. Like you should go with it. Just embrace it. Go with it. And that's what I did. I went with it. I was like, well, I'm not eating meat and meat anymore, I guess. I mean, and then it became, I guess I'm not eating dairy anymore and then I'm not eating eggs anymore yeah. and then I'm not eating. And then it just every other, you know, animal product sort of fell away. So it, it was really love that made you do it originally. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it was a girl. It it's was. always a girl. It was a girl. <laughs> it was a very, a very attractive girl. And, and Anna, oh, you stop. you said that when you guys met, you were not vegan. You were eating fish and and dairy and things like that. So was yeah, there a moment right. where where what was the moment like when you said, you know what, I I can't even eat this stuff anymore. I'm going all the way with it. The reason I stopped eating meat in the first place was after watching Earthlings, uh, mm. and that was a that it's completely a brutal, brutal documentary. Very brutal. Do- it's probably the the most brutal that uh, the mo- the most morbid way of uh, getting into veganism. But yeah. I, I fell into it by accident. It was actually my uh, our yoga instructor at LA Fitness. Uh, I signed up for her. I don't know her Italy retreat mailing list, and I was like, just moved to LA. I was like, I, well, I can't afford this, but I'm just gonna sign up and see if I make friends. And she sent us all an email one day. It was so random and so vague, like, hey, guys, just came across this. We just wanted to get your thoughts. And I clicked on it, and it was a link to um, the documentary, and I couldn't stop watching it. It took me about five hours to watch it, though, because I had to keep pausing it. It was so uh, very difficult. Um, and that very day, I stopped eating meat. However, the the the, the eggs, the dairy, uh, m- more specifically the cheese, which what was really my, my addiction at the time, yeah. um, the fish, that didn't quite sink in yet, which was, t- looking back, it's d- disappointing and surprising to me. It sort of happened gradually. I gave up fish first, uh, and then Brian and I, when we moved in, just decided to stop purchasing eggs and cheese. It, it wasn't like... Yeah, it was pretty natural. Yeah, it was very... It wasn't like a, today we stop... Yeah, there was no formal declaration, you know, on this day, 2015, (laughs) we shall stop. It was just, we just stopped. I think what it comes down to is we were still making excuses to continue eating the things that we liked that we knew were still causing 
suffering. Mm-hmm. So of the three main reasons that, that many people choose a plant-based lifestyle, uh, environment, personal human health, and then of course, animal rights and ethics, would you say that the animal, the third one, the animal rights and ethics is, is your main motivation? For me, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I'd say for me, it's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a pretty even combination. I of course don't enjoy watching any, you know, footage of animals being abused or slaughtered or any of that stuff. I think when like Cowspiracy was a documentary that had a big impact on me about how much this is affecting the planet. And then we just recently watched What the Health. When all three of those sort of converge, it just kind of becomes like, okay, this is this veganism is clearly the answer. There is a pattern. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you pick up on the pattern. This can't, I mean, and I don't think any one reason is better than another reason. No, no, um, absolutely not. There's always like, there's always a catalyst for everyone. And for, for me personally, like I said, it was ethics. Uh, I've always loved animals yet as a child, I, I've probably eaten everything, every possible imaginable animal part. It's kind of shocking uh, looking back, but um, that was my impetus. And then it became sort of like, oh, oh, it actually feels, I, I feel better. Oh, look, I'm losing weight and I've kept it off and I actually don't have to bust my ass in, at the gym. Um, and yeah, it's it's sort of like your eyes become open to all these other benefits uh, yeah. along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was really, I was able as many, as a lot of people are to sort of separate the reality from the, the product that you're buying at the store. You know, it's I knew in my brain somewhere logically, I knew that animals were dying for my food. You're like, you know that, but you don't really know what 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 they're going through. Yeah, what goes into it. Um, and I think intentionally people they uh, it gets hidden, obviously, from from the public and, and people do their best to try to block it out, as I think we both did for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you guys have read um, why we wear cows eat pigs and love dogs i think that's the title of it have you read that no, no. Read oh you that. haven't read that one? Oh, that's yeah. um, that's that's dr melanie joy's book um, oh yeah, yeah. Melanie joy. she's great yeah, yeah. absolutely I, we love she, her because she's she absolutely goes into the psychology aspect of it which is really impactful yeah she yeah. came up with the word carnism yeah. yeah 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 exactly she coined that word and the, the book was really engaging and um it's fascinating to to really take a closer look at how we do selectively numb ourselves out from the realities around us because they're just too painful to to think about. And there's a lot that I actually really want to go into here, like about cycle of life arguments and or circle of life arguments and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I I also don't want to go too deep down that rabbit hole. So I want to steer us back (laughs) to um, the, the YouTube channel because there was a moment when you guys, I presumably looked at each other and said, Hey, we have this shared value. We want to make a difference in the world. We have the sort of background and the technological savviness to mm-hmm. to create a platform or a move or start a movement or at least join a movement. Let's do this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. what, what was that moment like? And and then what were the original initial goals and challenges that you guys had? I mean, it started, you know, probably like anything else starts. It's like in order to begin, you just have to begin to do it. <laughs> There's really yeah. no. How do I make a podcast or how do I make a YouTube channel or how do I make make a insert whatever here. Um, so I think our initial thought was, Hey, you know, we've been vegan for a little while and 
the number one complaint that we hear from people is, oh, but you can't eat anything. If, you, if you're vegan, you can't eat anything. You have to cut out all this food. It's so hard. It's so hard to it's go, so you know, it's, yeah, there were all these complaints, <laughs> all these uh, you know, based around the food that, that you could or could not eat as a vegan. So we thought like, well, we veganize stuff at home. So why don't we just show people how to veganize these recipes? And we were going to just do like top down, you know, sped up recipe videos. That was our, I think, our initial idea. Yeah, because that's what that's what was in and still is in. <laughs> yeah, just to show people like this. This is how you make, you know, a vegan hamburger or this is how you make, you know, vegan ribs like when you were over. You know? um, and then as the channel has progressed, we've started turning it into a little bit more of a vlog. Yeah, like a vlog. Um mm-hmm talking about vegan issues, about health, about the environment, about the mm-hmm. science behind veganism, mm-hmm. about animal rights and ethics and morals. and Yeah, the recipe has become more of a, a thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> and, you know, those uh, we always put the recipe at the beginning of our videos. So those who want to tune out after watching the recipe and not listen to us uh, blab into a camera <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are welcome to do so. So we, we kind of have the best of both worlds. You know, there are many other channels out there who are either just focused on the food aspect or just focused on the blogging aspect. We wanted to do both. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a time where you guys also had an audio podcast. So yeah. you, had a, you, yeah. had a, you had a video component <laughs> where you were focused mainly on the cooking and then with a little sort of commentary before and after. And then you had the, the podcast as your sort of main, let's dig deep into the issues around this. And yeah. then the podcast is now, I think, sort of been discontinued. And, and you, like you said, the, the vlogging it was very aspect. Short-lived. The, the world's shortest lived podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like four episodes. I love the podcast There's, too, man. Oh, I listened to all the episodes. I think we were trying, we were literally, it was uh, just technical issues and trying to figure out, like, oh, you know, I think SoundCloud changed their specifications to where you now had to. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you could only was, upload a certain number before you start had to start paying subscription and we're like okay maybe we have too much on our plate right now so maybe just transfer the podcast to the video we like digging like drilling down and and digging into the issues and i especially like it i like debate i like (laughs) formal debate i like uh trading ideas and Mm -hmm. going back and forth with uh people even if they're you know not so kind to us on youtube i know that's hard to believe (laughs) What? That people would be not kind on YouTube. Somebody said to me recently, I, I was just sort of shaking my head at something I read on the internet. And I was just like, can you believe some of these people? And my friend said, Trevor, you know the internet is run by 14-year-olds, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think a... the worst insult, uh, quote-unquote insult, we've gotten, because really it's it's kind of just words typed on a computer screen from someone we don't know across the yeah. world somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think the the, the most <laughs> the most insulting thing we've gotten was from uh, a middle schooler. He seemed like a middle schooler. Yeah, I'm quite sure. But the way he was writing, yeah, the the internet is full of those of those things. We've just gotten used to it. Yeah, it's part of the job. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part one of Trev's chat with those annoying vegans. What a great... Ever since you like said... I don't remember if you posted in the calendar first or sent Jan and I a message about it first, but you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together an interview with those annoying vegans. I was like, is that the name of a 
group or something? Because that's hilarious. <laughs> from the second you, I, I heard it from you, I thought that was really funny. So great name, great interview. Uh, and I'm sure you had a good time doing this one, Trev. Oh, it was so great. We talked for a, a nice long time and we could have kept going. We could have kept going. And, you know, I, I mean, like I said before the interview, I feel strongly about this. But uh, I hope that any listeners who might have thought... Oh, God, I'm going to skip this one because it's vegan talk. I would hope that you tune tune in anyway. Um, keep that open mind and consider alternate perspectives and really not necessarily listen to the vegan aspect of things, but listen to the empowerment aspect of things. The, the mm, sort of epiphany that both Brian and Anna had that was like, you know what? I, this The way things are right now, the way I'm going about things right now is not necessarily fulfilling to me. So how can I pivot? How can I take take a different approach to do the things that I that I love doing, uh, and then also fuse it with with this sort of in, inner sense that I want to make a big difference in the world, a positive difference for living creatures everywhere, and that's really what it's about. And uh, their platform is building up, and they they we talk more in other segments about collaborating with other YouTubers. And I got to tell you, man, this whole conversation has me thinking like. I, I got to post to YouTube more often. I got to come up with something because it feels like I'm just leaving a lot on the table by not taking advantage of this incredible technology that we have and, and building a platform because I think YouTube is like the third largest or most popular search engine in the world. Not to beat a dead horse, but I would hope that after seven years of doing the podcast, our listenership is is one that is already open or you know open-minded enough to like that we don't have listeners who are you know sitting there folding you know crossing their arms and saying i'm not going to learn anything new I, I i don't know uh I, I could be completely wrong but that's i don't know you know it's not about fighting with people or imposing viewpoints but i think it is important to continually educate ourselves to cultivate curiosity and to seek out uh you know continually seek out what it looks and sounds and feels like to live our highest ideals. And the more we learn, the, the more informed choices we can make. So that's what it's about. All right. So picks of the week, brother, what do you got? Um, so this is a fun one. Uh, I, I almost didn't pick it because it's like, that's a weird pick of the week. But then we keep running into people who ask about them and compliment us on them. So Jasmine and I bought these cups. It's the simplest thing. Uh, they're, they're kind of, pricey but like we it's totally worth it and that's another reason why i thought it might make a fun uh, pick of the week because it's not something that someone might actually consider spending money on but they are these really nice well-made reusable glass cups with like this sort of silicone wrapper around them to kind of keep them from getting too too hot because their main intention or their main use is for coffee and a lot of local coffee shops will give you a discount on your coffee if you bring in your own cup so we've just been going into you know we very often we'll go that's like how we sort of have our morning meetings are our, our, our little uh, what we call jam sessions where we where we kind of talk about the week and get some work done and and just connect um, and we'll bring them in and not only are we getting a discount so eventually they'll pay for themselves but also I think every single time maybe save one time that we've gone into a coffee shop with these things someone's someone or someone's 
sitting next to us have asked us about them. Those are cool. Where did you get those? I really like those. You know, and we've we've ended up making sort of these sort of temporary friends at the coffee shop through, through this conversation. It's been great. It's social. It's good for the environment. Uh, it's uh, it may get you a discount on your coffee. It, it just like all these win win wins around these silly this one silly little thing. Um, so it's added a lot of value to my life, and I think that's what the whole point of the picks of the week are. So I wanted to share it. They're called Joco. J-O-C-O. Cool, man. Very, very cool. Yeah. What's your pick of the week, my friend? So my pick of the week this week is a streaming service called Canopy. And what makes this streaming service kind of unique is that it uh, integrates with your local public library. So it is specifically for documentaries and sort of niche educational films and canopy is a it's with a k canopy with a k is a company that was born in australia um maybe almost 10 years ago and they've expanded into the u.s and they've partnered with like 3,000 libraries and universities around the world to provide essentially a free version of netflix for libraries uh, that's specifically documentaries. So if you've got a library card, um, great, you're all set. If you don't have a library card, what's wrong with you, man? Take advantage of this <laughs> stuff. Uh, but you can just um, log in on the website, connect your library account, and then boom, you've got access to like thousands of fantastic documentaries. And I just thought it was such a cool uh, resource to, to share. And it, it actually, from what I understand, it just started with... Uh, Los Angeles Public Library. So this wasn't available a few months ago, and now it is. So check it out. There's a link on our website that links to the LA Public Library version of this. But if you just want to go to the the straight-up website, I think it's just canopystreaming.com, uh, and check it out. And, and I'm sure if you live in like a major metropolitan area of some kind that your library is connected with this. That's really cool. How did you find, how did you find out about something like this? I, tend to, uh, if I see a book that I want to read, I'll usually go on the library website and then see if there's an ebook available or if there's a print book and I'll, I'll put a hold on it because typically the books that I want to read are back ordered, so to speak. And I just saw a little notification that said like, check out our new streaming service canopy. And I clicked on it and found it. Wow. Thanks. Great share. So that's a canopy with a K, a free streaming service, mostly documentaries from your hopefully your local public library go check it out get yourself a library card and find out at their website if uh, your library is supported and the joko glass reusable cup for you this week so some fun stuff all right today's episode of inside acting was produced and co-hosted by me trevor algott and aj meyer Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadella Gubarek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Grace Gordon is our director of public relations and the person heading up the Prosperous Heart starting in just a week or two inside the membership. And Fern Lim designed our kick-ass logo. Trevor Elgott, that's me, edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, Inside Acting. You can also find us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a minute, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. Big thanks to our sponsors, Camera Ready You and Bluehost. And a big thanks to you guys, our listeners. Visit our website to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, get links to everything we talked about in this episode. And if you'd like... 
support the continued production of this here podcast with either a one-time financial contribution or an ongoing contribution as part of our membership. Visit InsideActing.net to learn more and to show us a little bit of love. And that's it for episode 277 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, find fulfillment.